It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back here on a Tuesday night. It's Taylor. It's Banks. It's RDT. Fellas, a couple days following the Super Bowl. Banks, you tweeted you were sour. You were sour watching the Super Bowl. I, I would pose this question to you. Were there, was it just destined that the Chiefs were going to win? Is the script stuff just true? Because all the stuff that is that conspired, all the stuff that's happened after with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey – Maybe there, this was a force that we had no ability to beat. I, I, I'm starting to come around on that that fact a little bit. Yeah, Mahomes no, I think just the general notion is that Mahomes is daddy. He's just daddy. It's just, yeah, you just have to chalk yeah. it up and call him your daddy. Uh, that goes for everybody here in the NFL. Um, he's inevitable. Everybody said it a bajillion times. It's the coming to terms with it that I think I struggled with for a couple of weeks there because I knew that that's what that loss meant. Because it was like, hey, this is where – we can, you know, create a fork in the road and say, okay, Mahomes, real good early in his career. He won a couple of Super Bowls. He's one of the great quarterbacks, but he's not destined on this superstar path where he's going to challenge Brady and all those types of things. Um, this this is just proof that this is just this is the world we live in now. This is one of those things. It's it's just confirmation. It's like this is this is our life now. It is what it is. It's not like we haven't lived it before, and I think that's what shook me to my core was that just when you think you're out of it with the whole Brady-Belichick thing for 20 years, you're right back in it. Just <laughs> right back in it. It's not like passing of the torture swords with Brady beating Mahomes early in his career. Um, the D4 offsides is kind of like one of those crazy, fluky things that um, seems to only happen – for the likes of a Tom Brady and it happened against Mahomes and it seems like Mahomes has gotten every break ever since um, some sort of weird passing of the torch in some way. And of course they played another Super Bowl between Tampa and Kansas city, but um, he's daddy. He's daddy. What else can you say? It's, it's going to be a, a long, long 15 years. I hope that if we're just following the script here, that this is that nine year window though, where we get to <laughs> kind of like, weird stuff will happen and you know maybe in a couple of years the chiefs rip off a 17 and 0 year and i don't know some nondescript nfc team i hope it's not hope it's not the giants but the cardinals yeah just somebody random like the lions that'd be awesome like just somebody mm. who we could give some more joy to like seattle revel in that type of win um chicago and then we'll mix one in there we'll mix one in and that'll be great so Maybe we just put the banner up now, 2029, 2030, maybe. Super Bowl champions. It feels like it would come earlier. It feels like 2026, 25. 2030 is a long way away. It is, but that's roughly the gap between the 2004 third Super Bowl for Tom Brady and 2012. But if yeah. if if it takes Lamar that long, imagine the 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 hot takes. Oh, right. It will be. I mean, right. yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. But I mean, you're right. It's it's right now. You just it's Pedro. You tip you tip your cap and you call Mahomes your daddy. Like there's nothing else you can do. Yeah. God, and, that's that is not ta- that is not a talked about enough line by Pedro. It's if, such an amazing line. If that line is said now. That's. I mean, Twitter is. Yeah. Imagine the photoshops that come yeah. out. Yeah, Pedro but, would have been a great Twitter. Would have been great Twitter follower. Oh, he would have been perfect. Um, no, yeah, I mean it's Mahomes is. 
I, you know, I, he's just good. I think he's be- I think he's already a better quarterback than than Brady. I don't think there was ever a point where Brady was the best player in football. I don't think like he obviously has all the rings and and all that stuff. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is the best. He's been the best player in football. It's, you know, I, he's been by far the best quarterback, best player. I mean, McCaffrey's obviously up there. There's been a couple other guys, but since the the moment he got the starting job, he has been the guy. Like Brady had those years where you're like, ah, he's not. Doesn't look good, or he doesn't do that. Mahomes has done it for six years straight, seven years straight, whatever it is. So it will be a question of whether Brady. I mean, Brady's longevity is unbelievable at a high level, and that is, it's it's unprecedented what he did over him and LeBron. It's him and LeBron in terms of doing it for that long at that high level. And the question will be, can Mahomes? You know, it's Mahomes is what twenty twenty eight. So can he can he do it? Like, will he be doing this in in twenty thirty four? I mean, that's really like what you're talking about if you're if it's a Brady type career. Well, here's the thing. He may not need to. Like if he wins two more Super Bowls in in 5 years and 6 years and then again he's 34 and he may just be like I'm 34. I'm going to retire, you know, I'm going to he's going to have a yeah. million dollars in the bank. He's going to probably be close or break a bunch of those records. Like, you know, his numbers are incredible. You know, if he goes out at 5 and 1 in Super Bowls and is like I'm good. I'm. I'm. I'm just. Good. But the thing is, like the the, the, the like guys it. like that always hang on for a long time. It feels like like the, the killers. They can't. Mm-hmm. They can't give it up. Where you're like, oh, they should like hang it up, but they yeah. just hang on for a while. So I think he does. I think he will be around for a few years too long, just like Brady was. Although Brady, <laughs> Brady, yeah. he won't be. If Mahomes is playing at 44, that will be shocking. I think that will be like legitimately shocking. I mean, that's that's what's that's 16 more years. That's insane. That's insane. I mean, that would be insane. Like, if we're having Patrick Mahomes discussions when <laughs> the three of us are deep into our forties. That is going to be a pretty. I mean, that is going to be a sad, I'll be, sad I'll be situation. 51, I'll be fifty-one years old. <laughs> and you'll be like that damn Mahomes. That like, damn Mahomes. Yeah, Exeter Two Podcast <laughs> coming at you, Mahomes. Four thousand three hundred ninety-two. Like. <laughs> Um, no, he's, he's just, he's the best. I think he's by far yeah. the best. I, I'm, yeah. there's nothing else to say. I I think, yeah, I think the, that's the take coming out of the game is, is him. Their defense also played very well. San Francisco needs a better quarterback than Brock Purdy that, that you're, I just don't think you're going to be able to get it done long-term there with him, but, um, like good for Shanahan for getting him all the way there. And then you just, you need, you need to have a, a, a guy better than that. I think. But the Shanahan's got a narrative he's got to deal with now too. So it's a big thing with him. Like, like I saw today they had the press conference where they're like, you know, Kyle Shanahan can't win the big game. Like, and they asked him that, and he was like, Well, we had to win big games to get here. And it's like, yeah, I get it. But when the lights are on, the absolute brightest in the second half, I mean, you shrink like it's like he doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know why they they threw the ball in that that third down, that third and four, I think it was like. I, I don't know. And again, going back to the Super Bowl before versus them, going back to the Super Bowl versus the Patriots when he's the offensive coordinator, just run the ball, dude. Like, just just run the ball. You got to really got the best running back in football. Like, just go. So I don't know. He's he has. Yeah, they forgot about McCaffrey. They forgot about McCaffrey for a little bit of that game. Bizarre, bizarre. I don't, I don't get. It. Again, I think. I mean, go out and get get a Kirk Cousins or something like that. Brock is the fun story. The one ninety nine. Blah blah blah. Did you know he was Mister Irrelevant? And he, you know, he looks like Harbaugh and that. 14 year old TikTok girl, whoever she is, like, yeah, that's great. But like, he's not, you're not winning a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. I don't think so. And, you know, and the, the Niners, it's like the Niners are one of those, like, well, we're just happy to be here franchises. Like, 
this is one of the most the premier franchise, you know, one of them in, in football. So like they shouldn't be happy with I mean they're 0 and 3 in their last three Super Bowls. So I'm sure they're I don't know. I don't I don't know. I mean, not gonna get fired or anything, but they gotta figure something out with with Shanahan and 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 Per and all that. Because they have the weapons and and now's the time to do it with that rookie, you know, with the low costing quarterback. So what what is everyone's usher rating? Yeah. You're flashing. RDT is flashing both of his. But yeah, he was unbelievable. He was, he was, he was good. Good to very good. I also think I get a little bit tired of every single year people come away from the Super Bowl halftime show saying, greatest ever, greatest show ever. Yeah, like, I, I'm, no, not on greatest, I'm not on greatest ever. I think there's, yeah, there's no perspective. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. There's no perspective. Every single year, it's either this was the greatest or this was somewhat of a flop. And when I think of flops, mm-hmm. I think of, um, what was it, like three, four years ago? He didn't even do it on the field. Um, which guy was that? Who was it? It was well here. Let me look it up. Three or four years ago. What the hell is that guy's name? Well, because last year was Rihanna, right? Was that it? Uh J Lo. It was J Lo and Shakira a couple years ago. J-Lo then and then there was the Dr. Dre, the Eminem, Dr. Dre, all the rappers in LA. Um let me see. Um, holy shit. The weekend. The weekend. That's what I'm trying to think of. Yes. The weekend was a flop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weekend was bad. Yes. I think I think most people agree that the weekend was not very good. I think that was that has to be the last one where everyone was like, "Ooh." I I, I think the Rihanna, the Rihanna one has not aged as well as people thought coming out of it. I think it was just fine. Like I enjoyed this one more than Rihanna. The, well, that's my me, point. That night, me, everyone's like, "Oh my yeah, god!" Yeah. To me, Usher just deli- I know there were issues with like his miking and people think thinking think he was singing that well, but he delivered exactly what I needed him to deliver. High yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. Hit the dance moves. Give us the, you know, and it, it is perfectly injected into the veins of people around your, around the three of ours age where it's like, these were songs in that decade that are just like, I mean, Usher was one of the guys. I mean, he was one of the guy guys and he's yeah. hasn't really been around in a big way for probably like a half decade, but like it makes it, he's coming to Baltimore for like two nights later in the year. Like I would go see him at this point. Like he was great. So his, good for his him. catalog is massive. also jacked like, jacked good for oh good yeah for the, good for the man he's yeah. always had it had a good figure yeah but you, yeah. you you take the shirt off in front of 150 million people when you're 45 he That's knew what him. he signed up for he had a good oh, yeah. handful of months to to get ready for this um like i didn't think like like shakir j-lo was pretty good it was good because we were all horny as shit being like, oh, yeah, that's this is the best. Look at them up there. Like, that's all it was. Everyone is just like the coyote, like banging the table. Like, again. do you guys like, remember anything about Maroon? Uh, do you guys remember anything about Maroon 5? That one? You, no, not, not particularly. You, the I, most I notable moment of it was Travis Scott sampling the Sweet Victory. He sampled Oh, that's Victory. right. That's the most notable moment. Yeah. And that's that another thing good. that I feel like is like, oh, yeah, they're doing it, but they never do it. Like, we're, we're done with that. Like, way that they should. Yeah. It's kind of like. By the way, the Sweet Victory thing is officially done. They did the entire yeah. video that led into the Nickelodeon game, which, by the way, in the first half here here at the uh, at the house, we were watching the Nickelodeon broadcast. The Nickelodeon broadcast was unbelievable. While yeah. Nance and Romo are just like I don't even know That's what they're doing. Grasp it. I mean, Pat Starr and Spongy are putting on an absolute clinic. Spongy. Door the Explorer, SB Door the Explorer. It, I mean, perfectly explaining the rules. And then 
is just putting howitzers into both teams. Need a map to find the end zone? I mean, oh my God. My God, Dora. Larry the Lobster's popping around the field. Plankton's causing hijinks. Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson are helming the whole thing perfectly. It was very, very good. Didn't didn't they say for Travis, didn't it just say like Taylor Swift's boyfriend or something like that? Yeah. Like that and was then the... this was getting around Twitter. The um sort of fish and nautical themed names they were doing with celebrity appearances and attendance were so good. And I would have loved mm-hmm. to have been in like a three or four hour meeting where the people at like Nickelodeon or Viacom came up with all of like just Olivia Codrigo. I mean, that is just so <laughs> I mean there are so many good ones. So many good ones. And also the fact that Tom the it's, it's Tom Kenny does SpongeBob and it's like Bill something something does um Patrick. They're like sitting in a motion capture studio just talking as those guys for like four hours. It's incredible. Did, did you see uh, Taylor? You may not have seen it, Brian. If you were watching the regular broadcast, at one point they came back from commercial and they showed them in the broadcast booth and it looked like the SpongeBob theme like booth. I don't know. Do you remember that? Like what I'm talking about? Yes, they did. They I actually was on the main broadcast when they showed that. Yeah. My dad, my dad thought that was real. He goes, <laughs> uh, you gotta take out so many seats. He goes, look at that. You have to take out so many seats for this. And I go, I looked at him and I was like, what? And he goes, they built that onto the, th-. and I go, dad, that's, I go, that's a boot. And then they, that's a graphics package. And he goes, he was like, no, 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 r- r- rewind it. So I rewound it. And I'm like, this is a wooden, like a, a wooden underwater restaurant hanging in a, pre- like in a press box. What are you talking about? He had no clue. He was so confused. And I was like, this is, I was like, yeah, they, we're, 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 I'm not even going to talk about the, the Nickelodeon broadcast with you. Yeah. That was, That's incredible. I, I enjoyed the clips. <laughs> that I saw. is so like, funny. I guess the one clip, uh, I guess in the over, the overtime touchdown, it's SpongeBob just yelling touchdown, like way after it happened was like hilarious. They were like, this is so unhinged. This is perfect. So I, I, was, I like the part of so the, the show that I saw. Uh, does everyone have a favorite commercial and then we'll move on to the Orioles. So I've got to do a Super Bowl recap. So we'll get through all the things hit all the, all the notches. I did end up, um, coming across the full version of the Ben Affleck Duncan commercial this afternoon. And that was pretty good. Um, Etsy did a commercial with France and the U.S. exchanging the Statue of Liberty and then the U.S. people realizing they had to buy something or had to get a gift for France and then buying a cheese board off of Etsy for the French and then delivering that on a boat in like an old-time very clever commercial. It played during like around halftime, so I'm sure a lot of people didn't see it because you were getting stuff. That commercial made me laugh. That was a very – that popped the room the most of of who the couple people I was with watching the game. The um, I like the Christopher Walken one, the BMW. I thought that was good. Anything mm. with Christopher Walken, I will laugh ten times yeah, at The Arnold one, I thought was good. Um, the Nate neighbor. Um, what else was there? There, there was the um, the figure skating Kia one was very cute, very nice. I don't, I don't, I don't remember that one. The the Drives weird RFK Kia one. Plugs in the, oh, the RFK RFK. Yeah. Apologize. <laughs> he apologized for his own commercial. I just looked around and I was like, "What? What the hell?" I was like, it's this like a is... parody of a John F. Kennedy 1960s yeah. commercial, but <laughs> that's tough. I mean, that's it's... tough. Yeah, that was not great. Um, I'm like the 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 extended Paramount Plus one that I tweeted out like last week or two weeks ago. Like, if it was the full one, that would have been good. That was a, that's a funny commercial. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't like the Clydesdales. I think we're good. I think they have Clydesdales. 
Those always play. Yeah, they did. The, the uh, Clydesdale is a small puppy. They, they know exactly what they're doing. That. Yeah. The, the 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 Coors Light, the Chill Train, or whatever. That's always a that 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 commercial gets everybody singing. Um, I don't know. Again, not, nothing really, nothing really stuck out too much except for those. But I don't know. I didn't lock in too much in the commercials. I'll be honest. Yeah. I will say um, this is like right on schedule here. Um, from the desk of one uh, Mike Florio. Uh, I lost it. God damn. Here we, here we go. There's plenty of inside information that can affect NFL betting, and the NFL can't possibly control all of it. The latest example, someone apparently blabbed about the color of the KC Gatorade. Wow. A lot so of money digging, came in on purple. He's sinking his teeth into the, the whole Gatorade um, inside information Conspiracy. thing. Yeah. Yep, yep. So Reba held out that last situation to get it to the over as well. Cause she was humming through the first part of it. Didn't, oh, uh, I, I remember Timu, like, where do they get the budget? <laughs> everyone, and everyone's credit card. Like that, that's the one I just remember being like shop like a billionaire is, is an insane tagline to use. Like they know what they're doing. They're targeting like young, you know, like, cause the commercial looked like, all the video games that Jojo plays like on my phone and on my iPad, like the bright colors, they, they knew what they were doing. And it was like telling people to shop like a billionaire is a crazy move. I get it, but it's like, what, what are we doing right now? I didn't even know what Timu was before the Super Bowl, And now I can't get away from it. So. Yeah, I didn't know what it was either. On Timu while we yeah, give us, here. yeah, give us some Timu pop shopping and we'll move uh, on to our I'll Orioles. I'll pepper topic. it in as we go here. Yeah, just throw us some throw some things. What? All right, let's let's a lot of free about, advertising here for Timu, but yeah, okay. what category should I dive into here first? Give us some. Give us some. Oh, give, I just open it up. There's lightning deals. Um, I don't know what to call these. Oh, there's so there's a wheel. It's spinning right now for me to get some coupons. <laughs> hundred dollars off a hundred dollar coupon bundle. I'm nice. hooked. I love it. Hell yeah! Um, You're shopping like a billionaire. Get it now. All right. I'm scanned to download for the app. New user gift. This, this, what could go wrong? I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you roll there. We'll move into our first topic here. Um, the boys here week to week during spring training, we're going to kind of semi deep dive some of the positional uh, roster situations, uh, Orioles wise. Um, as the boys get it started in Sarasota, we're going to start with the infielders um, inspired by, um, Proud Maryland grad and and former baseball beat writer, Mr. Andy Costco, dropped an article on the Baltimore banner talking about the sort of infielder situation and the amount of depth and potential guys that can be contributors at those spots um, for the Orioles. And uh, his theory was that the Orioles would break camp with seven infielders, um, and he divided them into these categories, which I thought would be kind of fun to work off of. The near locks, Gunnar Henderson, Ryan Mountcastle, Ryan O'Hearn. The inside track, Jordan Westberg, Jorge Mateo, Ramon Arias, and Jackson Holiday. The up-and-comers, Kobe Mayo, Connor Norby, Samuel Basalo. I never know. If it's, is it Basalo? I never know if I'm saying yeah, his name or Basalo. I think Basalo is what I've heard. It just hasn't been said enough for it to me to be in my brain when I look mm-hmm. at it. Eventually it will when he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, the hopefuls, Tyler Nevin, Nick Matone, Matan, we don't know, and Levon Soto. RDT, when you look at that list, who do you think are the clear locks? Do you, do, you, do you agree with his three, or would you move anybody up or down? I think Westberg is in that lock 
category, hundred percent. Like he he did way more than enough, I think, last year um, to warrant a, st- a spot. I think he's going to be your starting opening day third baseman. I think you're going to have him at third, Gunner at short, Jackson at second. Um, I, I think Jorge makes it too. I, I think with them, I don't know what he's looking at. He just he just got some sick deal on Timu or whatever it is. Um, but I forget who it was. Maybe it was Costco last week talking about how they're going to work. And we saw it last year, but they're going to work Mateo out in center field a little more, which that could have ripple effects down the line where if he can be a, like a, a decent outfielder, Jorge Mateo, and you can put him in at center field for, you know, once a week, then that opens up a spot. Basically, you know, you don't need Ryan McKenna and you can put Heston and Colton Cowser on the roster. Like there's, there's some tricky stuff you can do. So I, I think Jorge, I don't see him getting traded. Um, I see a guy like Ramon, uh, like Urias getting traded. I think he is, there's just no room for him. The guy won a gold glove two years ago. And now everyone's like, sorry, dude. Like, I think Westberg is better than him. He's a better offensive player. Um, I think his glove is probably comparable. Um, and he can play, you know, all, kind of all around. I know Ramon does too, but he's he's way more um, comfortable at third. But I yeah, I think the, I think the locks... I think it's Gunner. I think it's Mountcastle. I think it's O'Hearn. Um, Westberg. I would say Jorge, too. Um, so that's five right there. And then I think Jackson makes it. Um, I don't think Nevin or Soto or uh, Maton or any of those guys. I think they're just AAA depth guys. But I think that's that, that's those are my five, I think, at least like locked in right now. I'd feel comfortable saying that. Do you want to give us a quick update? Thanks before you give your take um, There's three items that are must-have that I've found so far. Uh, the first is a a full 3D bionic leaf disguise uniform. It's a ghillie suit uh, for, <laughs> for $33. That's a steal. Um, That's a steal. Kind of legit. <laughs> um, I found some sort of stretchy rain boot overshoe, which is what my mouth was aghast at. Um, it literally is just a very big rubber thing that just goes, I can't even describe it. The Like the picture is the only way I can really do it justice. Um, and then I found in a inflatable grimace, uh, suit for $33 as well. So now, I mean, now we're talking. that's the best you, thing you found. I would say you know, now, birthday, now your birthday's coming around in three or four months now. So might as well get out in front of it now. Get your get your grimace suit. I may buy this. Like this is <laughs> this is this is must cop stuff. Do it. All right. Uh, to, where to the tailgoat? I might. I might. What or, what Orioles infielder were you gifted to? Uh, would I gift it to? I feel like you got to give it to the new guy. This is this is some good hazing material. Oh, do we not say that word anymore? <laughs> oh boy, uh, Jackson okay. Holiday is getting this grimace suit without question. He's, is he carrying, all the, a, he's carrying all the bubble gum. Up is and down he the making bench. your is he making your opening day roster? Yes, hundred percent, no question. You, you let, have him as a lot. the big dog eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you gotta let your peacocks fly. Yep. Yeah, I don't. There's there's no reason, but I, I would. RDT, I would agree with your list for the most part. It feels like they do need to trade one of these guys at some point. Um, and I think you're right that Arias feels like the kind of veteran guy that you deal 
you probably don't get a ton back for him. Maybe you get mm-hmm. some bullpen depth of some kind or whatever it may be. Um, but with these young guys kind of just like pushing up against the glass ceiling to come into the team, it's, it's at a certain point, you're probably going to have to deal somebody like that. I know we talked about a little bit of, you know, and obviously they've already gotten rid of Joey Ortiz as one of the infielders that just doesn't feel like is going to play. The question is, will they in this sort of up and coming group of three, the Mayo and or Mayo and Norby, I guess they're not going to trade. Um, but do they trade either of those guys at some point um, to add another piece? I, I think Connor Norby, again, he's he's just like Joey Ortiz. I think he would be a great player on like the 2018 Orioles, 2019 Orioles. There's just no room for him, and they're they're, they're too good. Like they're, they're not 4A guys. They're major league players. But they're just just like Joey Ortiz. Connor Norby is never going to play over Jackson. Um Westberg or Gunner like and and I don't he's too good to be a backup he he's he's got to be moved somewhere I think he hit last year like like 21 or 22 home runs had like 90 some RBIs uh I know his footing is not greatest I think he had like 16 or 17 um errors last year but he's played all around and they mess with him in the outfield um but again he just like he would he would be a top five or six prospect in a lot of other team systems and he's not even in like he's not in the he's not in he's dropped in the Orioles like in the ranking because they just have other guys that are jumping him because those are kind of just positions of need but it's it's tough for him because again he wants to play and he deserves to play but it's just it's not going to be in Baltimore so I don't know if you can package him and Ramon and you know a guy I don't know an arm Brewster or something like that and 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 try and get some veteran pitcher or not not a veteran but you know a guy maybe an expiring contract or two years left you know, something like that and kind of sweeten the pot with a young guy like, like Norby and, and do something. But I think Norby goes, Mayo has to stay. The guy is a, he's built like a refrigerator. He's, he's just massive, massive. And he's He's got legit 35 to 40 home run power. So like that's, that's, you got to keep that. So you find a place for, for. I think the, I think the question will be, when does, when does Mayo impact the big league club? Cause it feels like it's going to be sooner rather than later. I mean, it's just I don't know how you can eventually keep him off the field and then how will they kind of construct the roster to eventually bring him up? I, it doesn't feel like that's going to be on the opening day roster, even though I think in a lot of situations on some teams, Kobe Mayo would clearly be on an opening day roster. Um, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep him in the minors for the entire uh, another year. I just mm-hmm. he he has to he has to contribute at some point. Um and then sort of how do you manipulate the roster at that point? But I, I don't, I know, you know, maybe he comes into spring training and just is undeniable and steals a spot from somebody and they have to trade somebody or whatever. I, I think that's not a crazy thought, um, but finding places because you think about first base, obviously you probably have Mount Castle and O'Hearn kind of split the time there. Right. They'll do some DHing um, based on what the matchups are. But I mean, I, Mayo is going to be a guy that I feel like his bat is just going to not be able to not be in the big leagues at some point. Yeah. He, again, that that's a guy who you could theoretically put him at, at the age, but then again, you lose a Mount Castle's bat or an O'Hearn bat, or again, I mean, if he's just one of these Danny Valencia pinch hitting, you know, Danny Valencia with massive power, but you know, you get through a tough righty through five innings and then you, you, you know, put him in there or something like that to pinch hit against a lefty reliever and, and, and just let him tee off. But yeah, he's, he's good. They, they have to find a place for him. I'm with you. I don't think he makes the opening day roster, but I think we get to a point in like maybe early June where it's like, all right, this guy has 18 home runs in triple a, 
you know, he's hitting 320. He has 15 doubles. Like, let's we got to figure something out. And and that's where again, it's it's such a it's a great problem to have because like three years ago we were having the conversation like, well, do you bring up Jamie Jones or is it Pat Valeka? You know, like who who do you bring up? And now it's like <laughs> which of the top 100 guys can you you know you can't have all the top 100. Yeah, guys which which one do you, which 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 one do you want to trade? Is, yeah. is now the. Instead of being like, well, Jamai Jones hit 212 for the Dodger, you know, for, you know, it's just, it's night and day, the situations they're in now. So, yeah. I think the, I think the other interesting thing about O'Hearn is he had a clear outlier season last mm-hmm. year in terms of what his career looks like. And the question will become if he starts to slip maybe back towards where he's been in his entire career, do they have to make a decision with him at some point? Um, yeah. Because right now he's earned the spot. There's no doubt. He's he's gonna be on the team clearly, mm-hmm. but you know if he slips back into his opening three years where he's you know a very very average to below average hitter, you then have to make a decision about how you're allocating the playing time and all those different things. But until mm-hmm. I certainly don't want that to happen. The guy was an amazing story last year and was huge in a variety of situations for the team. And I I think Hyde will give him the benefit of the doubt, even you know. I mean, he slumped bad going into the playoffs. I think he was like 0 for 25 going in, something like that. But I think, again, Hyde will give him plenty of chances, I think, to break out, you know, if he does have a rough – if he's batting 200, you know, at the end of April or something like that. It's not just going to be like, hey, DFA, thanks for everything. Like, we'll let you go. I think they will give him a legit – legit at-bats and and a chance. And it also helps that he's a lefty bat, you know. You need need a lefty. So yeah, um, it's not going to be a short leash for sure. It'll just be yeah. interesting. It just, and, and as you said, in so many other Orioles roster situation, this guy that we wouldn't have be having any type of discussions he's, like this. He's the cleanup hitter in like two in 2020, <laughs> you know, it's like him. It, it's, it's who's in front of him. It's like Cedric Valeka, um, uh, uh, Jonathan VR. And then Ryan O'Hearn is like your top four with Trey at five or something like that. Like, you know, it's just, we've come a long way. I mean, and we also saw last year when the Jorge Mateo at the plate thing was falling off the tracks. They continue to give him opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has the speed, and 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 I mean, we saw him play center field last year. You know, he made a great catch in one game, and then he also made a boneheaded play in that same game. And I think, I think he cost him the game. But his speed, his athleticism, and and just that, like, he'll give. I mean, in April, we were like, this guy's not going to lead baseball in stolen bases. He's going to lead baseball in home runs. Like he was. He had six home runs, you know, in April. And we were like, this guy's incredible. And then he batted 210 or whatever the rest of the way and hit one home run. It was an inside the parker in Oakland. But um, again, he's kind of a wild card. You just know what you get him. He's an old, just the ultimate streaky guy. And he plays defense as well as anyone. So you kind of need that. And and that speed will will always play. And and that, that'll learn his spot on the bench right there. I, I think so. Banks, who's your opening day infield for the Orioles? I think the surefire thing is Gunner at short. I think you put Holiday, Holiday at second. Mountcastle at first. I think O'Hearn's DHing, and uh, I think Westberg's at third. All right, so I, like, I would imagine you, yeah. you co-sign. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same thing again. I think O'Hearn because I taught. I was on a podcast last night, and the guys were like, "Who? What's your opening day lineup?" And I was they're playing the Angels. I was like, "I have no idea who the Angels' opening day starter." You know, if it's a lefty, it could change or whatever. But it's like, 
and who knows who they who the angels are throwing out um but yeah i, I go westberg gunner jackson uh mountcastle o'hearn for or at, at dh adley up the middle and 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 Ben's pitching but um again i mean that's that's a very very good hitting infield those are those are professional hitters all around like i'm I'm excited for Westberg. I think Westberg could have like a 280, 290 hitting season. And, and just, he seemed a perfect Buck Showalter guy, just like a guy who just, he was put on this this earth to hit baseballs. And I think that's what he's going to do this year. Like he's not going to hit 30 home runs. He's not going to hit 25 home runs, but I think he's just going to be an awesome, like clutch, bury them down, bury some doubles down the line into the corner of the, uh, into the, into the, um, into the corner down there. So I'm excited. It should, it's a sexy, fun infield. It's a, it's a very fun infield. Sexy and fun. Mm, yeah. Sexy and fun. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think Westberg, if the if the like the floor is your rookie year where you're just getting used to the bigs and you're hitting, you know, a, he was what like around 260. 260, like, yeah. I mean, he's the power will tick up a little bit, the average will tick up a little bit, and that's a very productive major league player, especially with the star power around him. It's gonna mm-hmm. get pitches to hit as well. I mean, these you're not gonna you're gonna have to attack Jordan Westberg if you're going through that lineup which is no disrespect to him. You just have all these other guys around him. Um, and I don't think they're going to be able to – I've said this – I was saying this like at the end of last year where I thought they would might you know, bring him up. I just don't think – I think Jackson Holiday is going to be just one of those undeniable players. I just don't see how he won't run out of center field on the orange carpet as the starting second baseman. Yeah, that's I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, here's um, – in 208 at-bats – Westbrook hit 260, three home runs, 23 RBIs, four stolen bases, 715 OPS. That's fine. Like, that's good. Again, that's, I think he's a perfect complement to the lineup in the infield, and he doesn't need to be the guy, and he's never going to have massive amounts of because he looked left him rookie year and probably the other year, and then you got a guy with 35 home run power at first. So he can just kind of be like, if he's your eight hitter, that's, yeah, sign me up for that any day. Like, seven, eight, nine hitter for Jordan Westbrook? Absolutely. What I absolutely love about how the roster is constructed right now in a good way, especially coming into a season where now stuff is expected of you and guys are a little have been entrenched from last year, there's a lot of competition at spots. So guys can mm-hmm. like not be comfortable with just fine performance. Like you got to earn your spot at third base. Yes, Gunner is a pen, Adley's a pen, you know, Cedric, whatever. But like at a variety of spots, even a guy like Mountcastle, who's gonna play a ton in first in DH or whatever, he has another guy that can play that spot, and it was very, very productive. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of different guys want to start at second base. A bunch of different guys want to start at third. It's like you have that competition throughout, where you know, not that you're you're gonna get taken out forever out of the out of the lineup, but there's just a variety of competition in, in spring training, which is great, I think. Hundred percent. And again, the guy, the guy that's pushing a Westberg and a Jackson. It's a guy who won a gold two years ago. Like it's not, you know, it's not like it's like oh, it's Adam Frazier, you know, is is your backup at second. No, like it's Ramon Urias who again won a gold glove and has shown that he can play all around. So I'm with you. I think that's I think that's only going to help them in the long run. And the guy pushing all of them is just pound just pounds the ball in in um, the minor leagues, Mr. Mayo. Yeah. So he's um, he's Chris Bryant. He's Chris Bryant. Kobe Mayo. It's 100 Chris Bryant. I'll take Chris wow. Bryant. It would absolutely take Chris Bryant. Uh, um, Chris Bryant, not not Rockies and Giants. Chris, Bryant. <laughs> yes. Remember, he was on the Giants. He had a weird. He had a weird back half of the career. Very weird back half of. The is career. he done? No, he's on the Rockies. Sorry, is having a weird. Okay. Excuse me. 
that sure. test. He signed is a massive deal, got yeah, hurt, he's and it's just like while, I think. <laughs> he's only thirty-two. He's only thirty-two. I know. I know. Uh, last year, Rockies, 2023, 10 homers, 31 RBIs, 233. Not great. Won the MVP in his second season. Has not really risen back to that level for extended periods. Um, one other Orioles note to get to, uh, real quick, and then we'll get a quick Timu update and then we'll go to Nick Kinger medley. Um, Cross the wire just before we started recording a little spring training coverage news. Um, Masson is going to do more games. Um, according to Jacob Calvin Meyer of the Baltimore sun broadcasters will be based in Baltimore, not in Florida. According to his sources, unclear on how many games will be done. Um, good that they're doing more games. I don't necessarily have a problem with them doing it remotely. In this situation, mm-hmm. it's spring training. You're going to have to cost cut in this kind of new era of what it looks like. Just don't do remote broadcasts during the games that matter. If you're going to do them for spring training, that allows us to have more spring training games. I think that's a fine, fine decision. And we get more games in the air and fans can enjoy that. Just cannot have them in Baltimore when the Orioles are in Boston in the middle of June. Just can't happen. Wherever mm-hmm. I don't know if they're in Boston in the middle of June, but you get my point. So good to doing more games, I, though. I wonder if... Them doing less games in spring training means that they're working on more games for the playoffs. Because I think these guys, I think the announcers have a set number of games. Like you're doing 65 games and they can be spread out, I think, through spring training and regular season and and, and playoffs and all that. So it's like, you know, that's that's what you do. So I wonder, again, I don't, I have no clue if that's what it is. But again, I saw the news and it was like, oh, they're going to be broadcast from Baltimore. Cool. Don't care. Does not matter. Spring training does not matter to me. I do. It does. It zero effect on anything going forward. Like doesn't matter. So again, I'm happy that they're doing more games. I would love to watch more games. I know the Red Sox. I think it said the Red Sox and Jays do like 20 games. You may have just read that Taylor, but um, again, seven games. I'm sure. I'm yeah. Seven okay. games. Sorry. It's on Twitter. It said unclear. And then seven is in the article. Yeah. Seven in the yeah, article. No, no but I, I, uh, what's I think crazy. I, listen to this stat. What's over the past three spring trainings, Masson has oh, yeah. broadcast nine out of the Orioles' 72 spring training games. You weren't like four of them last year, they said? Four of them were last year, yes. Yeah. And again, I don't know. People people get so people get so upset. Dodgers are doing 30 of 32. Toronto's getting 26, including all 15 known games. Nesson is doing 22 of the Red Sox games. Yeah, which – People were like, you know, complaining. It's, I, I don't, I can't get worked up about, about spring training broadcast. I just can't. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. Yeah. But nice. So nice that they're uptaking them. This is never going to, I don't think this is ever going to be a situation where Masson ever commits to doing a lot of spring training games. No. And I think most of the people that even complain about that stuff, forget the games are on and don't watch them anyway, because they're in the middle of the day. So mm-hmm. it's never been that big of a deal, but I do like the commitment being shown is nice. I'll be interested to see if Masson's, if stuff looks different this year, if there's even more commitment to pre and post, if there's more resources put into certain things, because they showed an uptick. They certainly made some effort last year as the team got better. Is there a plan in place for them to do some of that stuff? They're listening. They know they're they're. I know yeah. that they're like listening to what the fans yeah, we want. We know they're listening and we know directly that they're listening for yes, sure. They, they are um, listening. Um, and obviously some of it is so some of your best laid plans can also be out of your control too. So, you know, that they're, they're doing it within, 
you know, kind of what they're being given and all those different things. So, um, but excited to have a few more games. And then obviously I think the Orioles will just probably be featured more in MLB networks, spring training coverage and all those different things too. So it'll probably just be, the Orioles will be way more accessible spring training wise mm-hmm. as we go through the next month and a half or so. Um, any update, anything else, thing else put in the cart and then we'll get to Nick. There's, there's so many things I've just, as I've gone down and scrolled the page, it's your classic page that queues up more items as you scroll down. Um, it's clearly picked up on the handful of things that I've clicked on that I find funny or interesting. Um, this will disgust you, Taylor. We have now gotten to the point where I'm starting to see, um, masters licensed uh things that are just clearly knockoffs and and are there to be bought by people who did not go to the tournament um hate that yeah so the folks at angc are not going to be too happy about that i would not imagine uh i do see a and have some little and and by the way as you said have a little respect for the tournament you gotta have a little respect correct i Um, may i may hunt those people down for them I've got a one piece, <laughs> one piece breathable urinal for men. Um, oh my! One yeah, piece, pretty much, breathable. pretty much a piss bag. Um, what do they call this a whizinator? No, it's not a whizinator because no, you're not that's peeing. The fake dick. That's the fake. Yeah, dick. but it kind of merges the two together in a way. Anyways, um, some for some reason this website thinks my name must be Dave because there's tons of licensed items <laughs> saying, saying things like I'm Dave doing Dave things. Um, oh, that is an, that is such an interesting, interesting marketing strategy. Uh, there are these basketballs that um, are inscripted. So I'll just read what this one says. Uh, bear with me oh, here. God. This is a basketball and the writing is in like the black rubber. You know how Spalding is in the basketball in black. Like Mm -hmm. in the orange, it's in black. Uh, To my grandson, I want you to believe deep in your heart that you're capable of achieving anything you put your mind to, that you will never lose. You either win or learn. Just go forth and aim for the skies. I can't promise to be here for the rest of your life, but I can promise to love you for the rest of mine. All of that is on a single basketball. A 29 and a half inch basketball, by the way. That's a youth size basketball. That's ridiculous. I think that makes it easier or harder to palm it, like the writing on it. Uh, How do you do more grip, maybe? Um, yeah. Thanks, Grandma. You fucking jam. Available <laughs> to you for 41% off at the low, low price of $25.63. Um, there have been a lot of uh, woven golf belts. That's um, not shocking. Uh, that's more. Um, lot of golf novelty type of deals. Um, definitely some shocking. range finders that um, are undoubtedly piss poor. Um, <laughs> I saw a, no, sorry, I almost said the Y word. A New York baseball jersey with uh, name and number on the back. Um, more basketballs with inscriptions. Um, grills. Yes, the ones that go in your mouth. Nice. Um, so, good stuff. Yeah, no, there's a lot here. There's a lot of this could come in handy come Captain's Cup time too. 
not a bad call there. I would say a good, good, good portion of this stuff is um, probably because of the ghillie suit click. Um, <laughs> let's let's just say I I anticipate this website's demographic very much being middle America. Let's just put it that way. Seems about right. They shop like a billionaire. They get it. Shop like a billionaire. Um, Nick Canner Medley, Maryland person of the week. RDT, start us off. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna go old reliable football. Like I I just I was I was like thinking about it during the Super Bowl, like as we were coming down the stretch, and I was just like, this is. It, it's just they always fucking deliver. They always deliver. Like every you know the game started out bad. Like it was it wasn't a good game, but it was a great ending. Like just coming down that stretch, being like, we know how this is going to end. Like we're, you know, we're going to get some big play in overtime, and it's just football is the best. It's it's so so good. And again, just how I mean, it's no secret, but how they just turn everything into such a monumental event. Like it being in Vegas, it just felt it felt bigger. Like I I don't know, it was it was I don't know. It was it was weird, but I, I love it. And football is just so so. I, good. I think I think that the Chiefs are also just and. Partly this is the Taylor Swift factor, but partly just because they've now been in these gigantic games watched by hundreds of millions of people over and over and over. They're just like a huge deal. I think the Chiefs, mm-hmm. it's so funny. It's the Chiefs in there from Kansas City, and it doesn't feel like, you know, what would be on the marquee, but I just think they have huge stars and are a huge deal. Like Kelsey and Mahomes are just gigantic stars. Yeah. Um, and San Francisco didn't have a similar star part on the other side. I mean, you have McCaffrey and Purdy was a nice story, but I just think the Chiefs are an amazing A side at this point. And, you know, that's just how it is. So, mm-hmm. like, any game – now, any game – you know, any playoff game where they're playing the Bills or this team that plays over, over my shoulder um, are going to be huge games because I think that just stuff gets built up and just feels bigger. Like, And, and now – and now they're going into that villain era. Like now it's, 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 this is my, it's almost like Miami LeBron without Mahomes and Kelsey, like leaving teams. Like now they have the hate towards them because of Taylor Swift and because of the winning and stuff like that. People, you know, people don't like them now, but they watch it's, it's the Pete Weber. Like you may not have liked them, but you watch like that's yeah. just what you do. No, fo- football again, uh, just continues to be unbelievable. And by the way, next year we're going to get, college football playoff quarterfinals that are just going to be an enormous deal. Mm-hmm. So football just continues to. Do, do you guys know what they're doing for the Eagles? So they, they announced it a couple weeks ago. The Eagles are playing that Friday night game week one in, in, in Sao Paulo. So are we getting a, a Thursday night opening game, a Friday night game, college football on Saturday, and then the rest of week one on, on, Nice. Okay. I That's didn't know what it would if, seem like. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if this was like, if the Eagles game was replacing the Thursday night. I, game. W- I would bet the Eagles game replaces the Monday night doubleheader. I ah. think the ESPN will get, well, no, but ESPN is Friday night college football. Normally I would just assume maybe it'll be a streaming game. Maybe it'll go to like Amazon or, or that yeah. would not shy me. Prime would make actually make more sense. And then ESPN yep. will retain the Monday night doubleheader on Monday. Night. I just, just yeah. cause, but I don't know. Uh, I think, That'll be insane to have a friend. I mean, and it goes against, if anyone read into this, it goes against like literally like a government situation where like the NFL was forbidden from playing on Friday nights because of high school football. <laughs> it's like, all right, we're just going to play in Brazil. Yeah. It's fine. Well, again, they did on Black Friday. Like, you know. Yeah. So, really want. yeah, that's a good pick. Um, I'll go here. Uh, I'm taking uh, what looks to be one of the really up and coming, uh, or not up, upcoming is the wrong word. 
a, a fuego road to WrestleMania that we're on right now for anybody that follows professional wrestling. We've got the rock back involved. He's turned heel. Cody Rhodes finishing the story. We got Seth Rollins. The kickoff thing they did in Vegas last uh, this past week was tremendous. Um, they're firing all cylinders. So can't wait to see what that looks like. And The Rock, The Rock turning heel is fantastic. Like The Rock just being like an entitled just asshole on WWE TV is going to be awesome if he goes continues to go down the road. So I'm very excited about it. It should be very, very he's fun. Got, uh, he's got what called? He's got uh, Moana 2 coming out. And then he's Awful got Moana man. 2. So he's, eventually, he's eventually going to have to turn back the other way because he's, you know, a level of a figure among kids. But very good stuff from WWE right now for anyone that r- lives in that world. That's what I've heard. Thanks. Um, by way of Masters of the Air on Apple TV, which has just been tremendous. I don't know that many people are watching that right now, but they should be. I've thought about putting it on. I've seen the commercials. What is that? What is that? So that that let me lead into what where I was going with that. Um, Masters of the Air is somewhat of a third installment of Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg in the same spirit in which they did Band of Brothers and the Pacific. Okay. I, in having started Masters of the Air, have decided to go back and rewatch Band of Brothers. It is just tremendous television. That is my pick. Mm-hmm. I guess I will also co-sign Masters of the Air. Go watch that. It's very good. Um, there are four episodes in. I think there's eight total, maybe ten. Um, but just my my just because you get one a week, I've just been wanting more. And I've been watching Band of Brothers, and um, it's just some of the best television ever made. It's just so good. It's so good. It's powerful. It's um, it's entertaining. It is way ahead of its time. 2001, mm-hmm. they made that show, or that's when it was released. For them to do what they did, have, I don't know, the graphics, the filmmaking, all that good stuff. Um, just tremendous. Yeah. Band of Brothers is so good. Yeah, you have a lot to watch. It. Yeah, it's all time. Um, it's my dad's favorite, I think. And Masters of the Air has been very good. I'm trying not to compare the two too much. One is Austin great. Butler is in Masters of the Air, right? Yeah, that's the kind of leading man there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just both. Yeah, just terrific. So that, that's that's my pick here. It's a good pick. It's a very good pick. Any honorable mentions for anyone? Tiger's back this week. I was also going to say Tiger. Yeah. Yep. What do we think about Sunday Red? I like it. I'm digesting it still. Um, I think that the name – I don't hate the logo. I think the name is a little like too on the nose. Yeah. Just, just like just separating it into three words is like a little bit like uh, are you are you it's forcing it? It's like it got it's like it got too like it got too like marketing speak. It's like, oh, we'll just like separate it and that'll make it cool. It's like that'll kind of like it definitely implies uh, where you like it's it's like the new trend where it's like we're gonna make this three letters or three words. It's like all right, I get it. But I, I don't know, I like it. I like the logo too. Yeah, I like the logo without the letters. Um excited to see on a course, you know, just see how it plays. I'm excited to just see Tiger just in general. Yeah. Swing looks good. It does. 
does. Uh, anything from the RDT? Not, not his best tournament, though. No. Um, I don't think so. I don't know. No. I'll, I'll, I got one honorable mention for you, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, the opening day tailgoat. Buy your tickets. Um, go to www.tailgoat.com. The boys will be potting live prior to opening day at the tailgoat. We cannot wait. Some special guests to be included in that podcast lineup, um, which we will not announce at this time, but we'll, we'll, we'll have them on the day of. Um, and definitely some great special guests appearing at the tailgoat as well. So that will be good. RDT, anything else be out by the time I was going to say, I think those guests will be out by the time. I don't know when we're releasing this. I don't know if it was third. Did we say Thursday or are we holding or were we just repping this one? I think they said. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about the guests, the names next week, regardless of when we put this up. Yes, Um, be excited. The tickets tickets are in my inbox. So we got them. We are good to go. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Um, Yep. Go to tailgoat.com. Still tickets available. Bunch of different options you can get. VIP or premium general admission. You can combine game tickets. You can buy parking, a variety of different things. And the tailgoat experience speaks for itself. All you can drink, all you can eat. Um, obviously DJ Paul D spinning a set, a variety of things. It should be an amazing time. Um, prior to what mm-hmm. I know we talked about this a little bit last week, but what should be a incredibly memorable opening day um, for this franchise. Um, a lot of good, a lot of good vibes involved. So make sure you buy your tickets there, boys. Fantastic pod. Glad that we're getting a little more consistent, the three of us here, um, after some busy falls, winters, um, and we're rolling into Orioles season. Um, uh, probably a more defined schedule to come from the five of us here in terms of series recaps, Orioles talk, what the what the boys are doing on the um, on the jumbo set and all those different things. Obviously, we'll be getting into one of Mr. Spencer Schultz's great times, which is draft season, where he truly, truly, not that he doesn't shine all year because he's fantastic, but where he is unbelievable is draft season. So we'll get into some of that as well. I'm sure some plans to come on that one um, in the next couple months draft wise. Uh, you can follow the podcast on social media um, at X52 podcast. You follow Eric at E D I T T I 22. You can follow banks at Barstool banks. Me at Taylor Smite 10, Jake at Jake Luke L O U Q U E and Spencer at Ravens for dummies. That is the number four between Ravens and dummies. Make sure to, uh, review and rate the podcast and all of your favorite podcast listening service, whatever you prefer and go subscribe to the YouTube channel as well for the great content coming there. I know the guys have a jumbo set coming this week. Make sure to go back and listen to um, Jake's deep dive on um, the new owner of the Baltimore Orioles, Mr. Rubenstein, some great stuff from him there. Um, Banks, give me one last Timu purchase <laughs> before we get out of here. I'm Bob. Just one, your favorite one. I'm Bob. <laughs> I'm now He's Bob. Now- <laughs> <laughs> what a sight timu you're welcome you're welcome for the uh the free advertising we know you advertise in dollars so so give some dust as well we will see you next time on the exit 52 podcast <laughs> presented by jimmy's seafood